What is going on, Worst Take listeners? We are back with another episode. We got Makana, we got Matt, and we have a special guest. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, how you doing? My name is Drake West. I'm from out east, and I'm the best. Okay, that's my bad rap, but go ahead. Um, I'm going to be joining the uh, Worst Take Network. When I saw their name, I knew it was for me. You could find me on Twitter at Talk Trashed. Uh, my, uh, my partner, who will be on the next episode... He and I have been uh, talking trash for as long as you can, and um, we hope to really make a splash here with the worst take. These are great guys. I'm uh, happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, I'm ready to get on the sh- get on with the game. Let's go. Yeah. All right. So for this episode, what we're going to be doing is we will talk about the NBA, pretty much mostly the NBA, and what we'll talk about is what we want in our franchise superstar player. So we'll talk about kind of traits, what we kind of want in that player. Then I myself, I made a top 10 list of current players in the NBA that are 24 or younger, and I ranked them based on who I would want to start my franchise with. And then Drake and Matt will be able to critique that. But let's kind of get and going. we will. Yeah, yeah, and probably. We will. We will. We, yeah. <laughs> we will. Unfortunately. Sharpening my claws right now. Um, so Matt, do you kind of want to start us off with, with what you want in your, your franchise superstar? So for me, there's a couple things. There's only a few things that really stand out to me. I would say in basketball, your superstars have to play both ways, but not necessarily in the, in the regular season. Um, we see this with LeBron. He'll kind of coast through the year. But when it's time to make the, to make the big defensive plays, he makes them. So you got to play both, both ways in the playoffs when it's needed. You also have to care about winning. And for some reason, this is a thing in the NBA. You have guys that aren't as hard workers. Now, I don't know if you necessarily have to be have the Michael Jordan work ethic, but you have to really work hard. Um, and then two other things, these kind of go hand in hand. You have to win, and you got to hit the big shots. Those kind of go hand in hand. If you have a team that's built, that's good enough to win, then you got to win. And I would say the biggest guy that I've seen that doesn't really do this is Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, you hear a lot of questions about his work ethic, and he doesn't really hit the big shots. You know, he puts all of his points up in the first three quarters. He's not a fourth quarter guy. Um, so when I'm thinking about a guy that you got to win, you got to care about winning, and I think that that's it's actually showed pretty easily. I would say that. So, um, so Matt, yeah, uh, I just want to I just want to say one thing about your boy Kat. Um, he suffers from classic seven foot big man syndrome. Like, in the 2020 NBA, I wouldn't ever build my team around a seven-foot guy. I'm sorry to tell you. First of all, nobody could play with him in his mind because they're not seven feet and they're not agile. And he doesn't really, or any guy like that, doesn't really bring the whole team together. Like, in the old days, I don't know whether you want to talk about Kareem or going all the way back to Bill Russell and guys like that. The big men, the big men ruled the court, but not anymore. Just no way. So I'm not, I'm not shredding you just yet, but I'm warming up my shredder right here. Just watch out. Just watch out. I'm here. I'm here. But go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, Take no, a breath. I, I think that I think that's a very important thing is that a guy like Cat, like, he might have all the talent in the world, but he just doesn't get it done. And I think maybe in football you can't really do that. In some other sports you can't just be like, oh, he doesn't get it done. Well, basketball is driven around the superstars. So you either get it done or you don't. And that's a mm-hmm. guy that I don't think does. I would not want to start my team with Cat. Cat would probably be one of the last guys I want to give max money. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then the the last big thing that I would want in like a guy to start my franchise with 
would be can he produce offense in a multitude of ways? So mm-hmm. either distributing the ball. Harden does it. This is why Harden does it. He goes, he can do the step back three, and he can distri- distribute the ball. And if he just does that, that might be okay because he does those things so well. He's a great passer. A guy like Kawhi Leonard, he's not really that great of a passer. But guess what? He can score in a ton of ways. He can score inside, he can score the mid-range, and he can score the three. He can do all of those things very well. So you got to be able to do it when when you're the best part of your game is being canceled out by the guy that's guarding you. You got to be able to do something else. And not every guy can do that. And we've we've seen that. You know, a lot of guys in the playoffs they get shut down. Well, why? Because they can't score in a different way. Yeah. So Drake brought up a point. You know, seven foot big man syndrome can't can't win with the center. Well, my one of my one of my criteria is I don't want a small guy. I don't want a point guard. In the history of the NBA, there's been two point guards that are the guy on their championship team. Maybe three if you want to include Isaiah Thomas, but Isaiah Thomas had a multitude, a multitude of guys around him. But it's it's Magic Johnson was the one when Kareem was there for a little mm-hmm. bit. Obviously not the whole time, but Kareem was better on the Bucks. But then then Steph Curry for the one championship he won without Kevin Durant. But other than that, point guards just don't win because you need a wing. So that that's kind of that's my first criteria. I want them to be a wing player when I'm building around them. The second part, I've talked about it many times. The most important shot in basketball is the mid-range. And why is that? Why is that? It's because it's the most consistent shot that you can make when covered for a standard NBA player. Obviously, if you if you're chilling like Yao Ming, maybe maybe a little close like getting close to the basket obviously the closer you are the more likely you are to make a shot but it's harder to drive for some guys but if you're able to knock down a contested mid-range that's all i need that that's the that's the big shot that you need to hit for me obviously i want them to be able to hit the three pointers the game winners because if if i'm building around a, a team around around shaquille o'neal I'm sorry, I want my franchise player, my number one guy, to be the guy taking the last shot. I want to put the money in his hands. I don't want to have faith in extra role players because role players come in and out, whereas your franchise guy, you want to keep them forever. So those are kind of my first two kind of main things that I that I kind of look for when designing. But Matt, Matt had a lot of other traits that are all great, like the defense and being able to make a shot, create offense in a multitude of ways. I mean, there's... There's so many things that a basketball player can have. I, I'm just going to bring up those two are things that Matt didn't mention that I wanted mm-hmm. to incorporate into my things. Yeah, I like that you bring up those guys because or that that mid range shot because there's a couple guys like okay, is this guy going to actually win? Um, and I'm going to bring up two guys, two wing players because I think being a wing is a major advantage in the NBA right now. Jason Tatum and Luca. Luca is super dependent on the three ball. Like, that's where all of his offense comes from. But Tatum, right. Tatum might not be as talented as Luka, but he can do a lot of different things where he might have a better chance of actually winning a championship, and when we get late in the playoffs, oh, he might be the guy that's that's getting the bucket, bucket in the, the, the ball in the bucket. Jeez, can't talk. <laughs> um, but, but he does it in so many different ways. He has that mid-range jump shot where Luka doesn't, and I think that might be something that we might see in the next couple years. So I, I want to point out a couple things about your question at the beginning, Makana. And that is, you talked about who's a player you'd want to build your franchise around. And I think we're talking about like gameplay right now, how the game flows. We, we've watched the NBA develop over the last few years, definitely to a wing player, star player mentality. 
Um, point guards, like you said, they don't really win championships on my back, except for maybe Steph Curry, who's a sort of unique player. You're not, I don't see another Steph Curry in any of these uh, guys coming up now. But then again, you don't know what these guys are going to be doing, like a, a, a John Morant or a Trey Young and, uh, like you just said, Luca, who can um, uh, shoot the three. This is a three-driven league, uh, but I would contest the idea that the last shot is a three. I mean, the last shot is not a three. The three ball wins when you outshoot the other team at three over the course of the first maybe first two quarters, for three, three quarters, if you hold them off in the fourth quarter. Most teams who win in the championship rounds either take the lead by seven or eight points in the fourth quarter, or they come back and take momentum. So if I'm building a franchise around a player, I want a player that not only has skills and not only has stats, but can do those things in the game crunch time, bring his team together, play the defense, create plays end-to-end on the court. Now, when you talked about Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum is a great defensive player. He could shut down somebody. He could play help defense on somebody. He could block a key shot. I mean, these are, these are all LeBron's hallmarks for taking over games in the finals. And he's also LeBron's also come up short in some cases as well. But if you ask me what's the most important thing to create a franchise, you have to fall in line with Adam Silver's model of what a franchise is, which is a wing player who has tons of athleticism, who can run the court, who's gets in the highlight reels, who dunks on people, who blocks shots, who hits threes, who has sick handle. That, I mean, I'm just trying to extend the question that you asked, McConnell, which is about franchise. Not a guy who's awesome on the court. He's got to be more than that if I'm picking yes. one guy, if I have all the money in the world. So go ahead. Take that to the next level. Yeah. Do you, do you guys think it would be smart for me? I can go through my list of guys, and then you guys can talk yeah. about it. We've kind of got the traits that we, we kind of want in that player. Um, so I'll uh-huh. start. So I have I have four honorable mention players. I'll just bring them up mm-hmm. really briefly. The first, I had to shout out my favorite player in the NBA, Lou Gantz Dort. Shout out for him gaining his <laughs> extension. He is brought up. He's no longer a two-way player. He's brought up to the Oklahoma City Thunder to play. But in addition to that, I'm throwing out Michael Porter Jr. honorable mention. Michael Porter Jr. is one of the most talented young players in the last five years to come into the NBA. The problem is he had a horrific back injury. But this season, I mean, when he's played, he's played about 40 games. He's been very solid. But I don't really want to build a franchise around somebody that's already had a devastating back injury. So that's why he didn't crack the top 10. Then I look at Donovan Mitchell uh, for the Jazz, who's somebody who's been able to step up big in in the playoffs. He's been able to step, step up in the clutch. But he just wasn't able to crack my top 10. And finally, I have Demonis Sabonis because he's just a good call. Big power forward, great passer. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> he's, got, he's got great passing ability, similar to his dad, Arvidas Sabonis, arguably the greatest passer at the center position in the history of basketball. Right, right. And he can shoot. He's a, he's a stretch four. And that's something that's... That's relatively important. But getting into my list, at number 10, it's somebody that gets a lot of flack. Uh, Maybe it's because he had two of the best rookies in the last five years in his draft class, and that's DeAndre Ayton. Now, we talked about centers don't win championships and stuff like that in the modern NBA, but when you're looking at guys 24 younger, there's not a whole lot of guys that have kind of proven themselves that you can really choose from. So I do have some big men in this list, but I mean, obviously there aren't 10 guys in the NBA that I'd be like, yeah, this is the guy I want to build around for my franchise. There's probably like four 
that I would actually start that are under 24. But starting off with DeAndre Ayton, I mean, he just really improved from his first year to his second year. He's a big man averaging 19 and 12 in his second year in the NBA and almost two blocks. And that's just something where it's like decent defender, can score the basketball, and can rebound. But he's still not somebody that I'm like, yes, if you start a franchise with DeAndre Ayton, you're going to win a championship. No, you're not going to win a championship with most of these guys. It's, it's really the top four that I, that I really see. But number nine is actually one of my favorite players to watch. It's Trey Young. Now, Trey Young is a phenomenal scorer, phenomenal passer, but that dude can't play defense. He really can't. He's way too small. He, he's really clutch, but I just don't see him as that guy that's going to be the number one as a point guard that can't play defense. The way Steph was able to do it, he had Klay Thompson. And... You're not going to find very many Clay Thompsons around that can just completely cover you. And he also had Draymond Green. Like, like Trey Young needs to be completely covered by defenders. Wait, if you, if you want to compare something, you look at Trey Young's stats, and I, I like Trey Young a lot, but how much better is he than Isaiah Thomas's best year in Boston? Right? Who's a defensive liability. The guy brought the team to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. But I'm not building a franchise around a guy who is 179 pounds. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's totally fair. That's why it's like, like, I love watching Trey. I mean, Trey's one of my favorite young players in the NBA. But mm-hmm. building a franchise, sorry, Trey. Number eight is a guy. He may be the most talented player on this list. But I'm not building a franchise around Carl Anthony Towns. But it's something about him where it's like, if he if he does step up, he could be that guy. That's I talked about, yeah, not all these guys are going to win championships. Well, Carl Anthony Towns, if he changes his attitude, has the talent. He's a very he's the greatest three-point shooting big man in the history of the NBA. Nobody nobody can compare. Sorry, Dirk, but you Whoa. even Dirk doesn't compare to the three-point shooting ability of Carl Anthony okay. Towns. Like, okay. but Carl Anthony Towns doesn't have that work ethic. He doesn't really have that drive. So that's why he's so far down, but he's got he's talented. I mean, yeah, at be, some it's point. It's going to be real exciting to see uh, him and D'Angelo Russell win 20 games. Yeah. Yes. All right, so the next guy <laughs> is the first rookie on this list. It's John Morant. And John Morant is not a great defender, but this dude was able to win in his first year. And that's something that a guy like Trey Young, like they're very similar players. Obviously, they play different styles. They have different skill sets. But both of them, very talented point guards but John Morant was able to lead his team in the Western Conference is way more difficult than the East to the playoffs or at least right now to the playoffs he's the eighth seed and that's something that's like he's proven he can win he won at Murray State he got them to beat the number five seed Marquette in March Madness he he was able to put his team on his back and that's something that I look at and he, also he's the number one there yes and that's not a very good roster at all so yeah and and by the way, he does hit the mid range jumper really he well. He shoots he shoots fifty percent from the floor. And he's Strong. not a three point guy. He is not a three point guy at all. No, no. But no, he's not. Number six is maybe the most underrated player in the NBA. And that's Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo is a six foot eleven center power forward, whatever you want to call him. Crazy athletic, very solid passer, but most importantly. He's just he's just always improving. I mean, if you look at his rebounds in his career, 
He's he's up to approximately, let's see what he's at exactly right now. But he's he's looking at 11 rebounds a game this year on 16 points, five assists, over a steal and over a block. And that's somebody playing in a team where they don't. I mean, they have Jimmy Butler, but it's not like they have a designated one. It's a very very fluid offense between Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Bam Adebayo. Very fluid offense, very fun to watch. If you don't watch a lot of Heat games, go watch them. But Bam is a special player. He won the skills challenge. He's somebody that could be the type of big man that ends up winning a championship just because he's able to get his team involved. Now, if there was a big man, I was really unfortunate. It was Nikola Jokic. Jokic turned 25, so he can't be on this list. But that Jokic is like the perfect guy if you want a big man to build around because there's such a good passer and he can score the ball. And, and he doesn't have to always be inside. Yes. So that yeah, that's but you, you gotta ta- you gotta take him out for a salad now because he just doesn't eat anymore. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. All right. So number five, number five is probably, I would say, is probably my most controversial because he's somebody mm-hmm. that isn't looked at as being very good, but he has the traits, or at least in my opinion, he has the traits that I want phenomenal mid-range game and he's a hard worker he had an unfortunate situation in los angeles he got traded it's lonzo no i'm just kidding it's not lonzo ball don't worry it's it's brandon ingram and brandon ingram this year was an all-star on a pelicans team that struggled and when they got zion back brandon ingram kind of had to take a step to the side but brandon ingram was their, in my opinion, was their best score of the basketball. While Zion was probably maybe the best player on the court when he was playing, but but when they needed a bucket, you can go to Brandon Ingram because he's really he's really similar to KD. I mean, obviously, I mean you just look at him: tall, lanky, pretty solid ball handling, very solid mid-range game, and he's he's working on the three ball. He's a young player, and he's I think he can too. develop. What? He's a good defender too. Yes, he is. And that's something that, that I'm looking for. And it's like maybe maybe he doesn't pan out like to be a superstar, but like right now he has the traits and the potential for me to build up. Now number four is going to be is the first guy that I think you can win a championship around, but not where he's at now. You need a system around Ben Simmons that doesn't include Joel uh, Embiid. But uh, what now? Yeah, thank you. Oh my god! I, I might wear out the whole pencil here. I don't know. So the pro- so Ben Simmons, I I talked about it. You don't win with point guards. Ben Simmons is not really a point guard. He's a great passer, but what he brings to you, he's probably he's the best defensive point guard in the NBA. He will lock down your your player, and he can't shoot right now. No, but that's something that he's working on. And if you look at what Giannis has been able to do in his short career, no, Giannis isn't like this great shooter, but Giannis is starting to develop that kind of mid-range game. And that's something Ben Simmons is working on. It will take time. But if Ben Simmons develops any type of a jumper, you're on a championship team. Because if you put shooters around Ben Simmons, I think that that is a champion. That's basically the box. He's, he's right, a let's, slightly let's... smaller Giannis. In my opinion. Let's take a second to talk about Ben, Uncle Ben here, who's now a passe term. We can't use that term anymore. But Ben Simmons is the poster child for underperforming. I mean, he has actually – his his effective field goal percentage career is 56%. How is – but he only scores 16 points a game. What's wrong with him? 
doesn't pull the trigger, doesn't want it. Come on, tell the truth. He doesn't really want to be out well, there. Well, he's not the number one. That he's sick. He's sitting behind Joel Embiid, who is maybe the most inconsistent center in the NBA. Like he'll go off or he'll be terrible. And Ben Simmons, right now, he doesn't have that jumper, so he can't. He can't really pull that trigger. But I think if he has the right team around, because he's he's probably a top five passer in the NBA, in my opinion. And if yes. you build a system around him, like the Bucks have, because Ben Simmons is a way better passer than Giannis. Now, obviously, he doesn't have the interior game of Giannis. But they're they're very similar in terms of ball handling, paint-driven, very big bodies. Because Ben Simmons was a power forward to start his career. And he transitioned to point guard. They tried, tried to transition yeah. Giannis to a point guard. But then they were like, no, we're just going to keep him a power forward. But Ben Simmons is is a Giannis type of player. Maybe maybe he's Giannis beta. Maybe he's Giannis beta, I'll call I him. I don't know about that. I, but, I mean, yeah. he he leads the league in steals this year, but I think he's just a passing lane, clogging kind of off ball. No, he's he's a guy. transition. He's a tremendous defender. I mean, being and, and being he, a six ten, I think maybe six eleven point guard with great athleticism, like yeah. he he can defend any point guard in the NBA, and he can take them on one on one and lock them down. At least here's my here's my problem with him, and I brought this up before. You gotta be able to score in a whole bunch of different ways. Yes. And you can say yep. like, oh yeah, if he develops a jump shot, there's no reason to believe that he's going to develop that. So I put, I don't know. Uh, before you get into it, I put four guys on this list that I said absolutely do not want to start my franchise with them. He was one of them. You're gonna pay him yeah. max money. You're gonna cont- and I think money's part of this thing because a guy like Bam Adebayo, I like him. Why? Because he's probably not gonna be a max guy. But Simmons will always be a max guy, and you have to have everything perfect around him. And what's going to happen time and time again in the playoffs, I mean, we've seen how LeBron covers him. He stands in the restricted area. He's like, please, please come at me. Because he yes. can't do anything yet. And to That's just right. be like, oh, I hope he can develop that. He hasn't He hasn't and, developed any type of jump shot. And like you and said, I would he add, doesn't want it. I would add to that is that the guy shoots 60% from the line. You can't throw him on. They can't. He can't throw his team on the back in the fourth quarter. And, and, and you just can't. You can't. I, I don't hate Ben Simmons. I just don't think he's a franchise-founding guy. Same here. That's it. So my thing with, with him is he has – everybody knows what Ben Simmons is. He's not a shooter. And he's increased his field goal percentage every single year of his career. Oh, yeah. He started yeah. off as a 54%, 56 Now he's at a 58% field goal percentage for his career. And that's something where, yes, that's, that's in the paint, short-range shots. Now, that may go down when he starts taking more jumpers because eventually in his career he will. He will have to because people have been telling him. I mean, he works on it. He just well, doesn't take it because that's here's, not their offensive system right now. Here's, they here's they dump it to Embiid. Blake Griffin did that too, and now look at Blake Griffin. He does. He it's not his strength. He's not ever. It's, yeah. it's going to be a weak part of his game. I don't see that ever being something where it's like, okay, they're locked. Like Ben Simmons can't score inside, and he's going to beat you with the jump shot. No, there's no I just way. Don't see that happening. And, and that's that's my big issue. With well, him. my thing is, it's not going to be like he's not he's not going to knock down fifteen middies in a game. No, but it's going to get to the point where maybe you have to press up a little bit on him because he can knock it down. Because but being able what, to not have your defender in the restricted area. Time? What about in crunch time? Like you want you want him to take that shot. You're that's like, fair. Please take it. And that's I don't fair. But, but I like don't I said earlier, I'll bring up what I said earlier. Where there are very few guys in the NBA that are under 24 yeah. years old that you can like just predict and be like, yeah, 
this guy's going to win a championship. Like, like, yeah, they're, like none of these guys are, are like, likely to win a championship. These are just guys that I think, like, because Ben Simmons is probably the best player right now out of all of the guys that I've said right now. And so that's why he's up there. I mean, all the other guys, it's, it's all based on potential. But, like, you don't know how they're going to turn out. Whereas, like, I, like, there could be a guy that turns into, like, some great player and becomes the franchise player we all wanted. And it's somebody like a... I don't even know a a Shea Gilgis Alexander something like that where it's like like they're they're not somebody right now you don't look at him like oh yeah I want to build around but what we have right now what we kind of know he's the guy in my opinion with the most potential if he develops his game slightly to develop that but all right I would just say like when I think about Ben Simmons like if he needs to be cradled and carried to somewhere really beautiful and nice and be put in the right position and have the right guys to dish to. I don't think, you're like you said, I don't think Embiid is helping him win a championship and vice versa. I think both of those guys, I think Ben Simmons needs to go down on the block and get his ass kicked and someone wake him up. Maybe he needs an Apollo Creed in his life to take him on the beach to do run in the sand. Some, some wake-up call that he needs, uh, he, he, he could be awesome. But I don't know if he's finding that uh, in the back of his closet at home. He needs something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll yeah. just dig it out. I mean, he's not—he's not a perfect player, but like, I mean, if it's going to be Ben Simmons for his whole career, no, I'm not yeah. taking current Ben Simmons for his whole career. No, I'm just hoping he'll develop because he is a very young NBA player. Now at number three, he's listed yeah. as a point guard. I don't consider him a point guard. I'm sorry, Luka Doncic. Now yeah. I—I'm not. People know I'm not—I'm not this crazy Luka supporter by any means. I think he's slightly overrated. However, he's got talent just spilling out of him. He is a great three-point shooter. Actually, no. He's not a great no. three-point shooter. He's he a, a great shot creator, I'll say, is yeah, what he's yeah. great at. He, he's not a crazy efficient three-point shooter. I believe he shoots 33% from three-point re- range. And that's not yep. something that you're looking at. But the guy I compare his game to is James Harden. I think he compares the most to James Harden out of anybody in the NBA but he's just a less efficient, much younger James Harden, in my opinion. And that's and Luca Luca's proven himself to be somewhat clutch in the last moments. He's not a great clutch player in like the whole fourth quarter, but he's had some clutch moments in his career where he's made nice shots. He's knocked down big shots. He has knocked down big shots. But I think overall in his career, he's like a thirty-five percent shooter, like in the clutch, um, with quotes around it, but like overall, he he's somebody with with tons of talent. He's like twenty years old, and like how do you not like that's somebody where it's like if somebody's like, hey, do you want to start a franchise around Luca? Like you say yes. Every team yeah. would say yes. If if like the NBA restarted or something. Hey, look, like Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban is doing it right now, and 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 he's a shark. So yes. you know. <laughs> All right. So number two, Zion Williamson. Now, Ooh, why like why him. Zion isn't number one is he doesn't have a shot. I don't care if you bring up his statistics from three-point shooting. He's shooting a great percentage from three this year. I think he's shooting like 40%. He's taking like 19 threes or something like that. And most right. of them came in that Spurs game in his first game of his career. I think he went four <laughs> for four and brought him back. But it's like, like Zion isn't that shooter type player right now. Now, he is a tremendous scorer of the basketball inside in the paint. He's yeah. the athletic freak of the world. I think he has the most potential in the NBA, maybe besides Giannis. Also, in the entire, but he, are, he also has he also has his first injury. Just don't don't injuries are the biggest thing with athletes. Yes, 
You know, once you have a knee or an ankle or a, or, a, or a toe, the big dude's like that. What is he, 245 pounds, 250 pounds, 260 pounds? Well, he was, he, two, he was 280 or when he got drafted, I think. But I think he's lost weight. But he You have is, to. Yeah, he's about two, he's, he's 285. He's listed 285. Super important. Dude, 6'6", 285. That's, that's like he ate Charles Barkley before he came to the arena. Yeah. And and a guy like that already injured in his first year. I, I I would I love him. He's one of my most favorite players. When I look at his face, he just looks like he does want to eat Charles Barkley. But <laughs> I'm wor- I'm worried that he's gonna stay hurt every other year. That's my feeling. Yeah. And his athleticism might might start to sap away from his injuries. That's yeah. so anyway, keep going. Keep going. I think that's fair. I mean, he's he's an injury prone, or at least he has been. He got injured at Duke. Yeah. He got injured in preseason. I believe it was preseason when he got injured. Maybe it was summer league or whenever yeah. he got injured. And it's something where you have to consider. But at the same time, any team in the NBA is going to take that chance. Like, you have to take that chance if you're if you're given – like, if you had to pick out a players, I mean, there's really probably maybe even three guys where it's like you'll take them no matter what. And that's Luka, Zion, and who I have at number one. Oh, here comes the number one. Wait, wait. Well, let's get let's let Matt say something. So, I think there's one other thing about Zion that's important. Yeah. You can pay him the max money, and other star- stars are gonna want to join him, and that's something yeah. that's super underrated. That's true. Like, there's a lot of guys that people want to play with. Look, look at the Warriors. People want to play with Curry. People are gonna want to play with Zion. He's, he's a highlight reel. You know, like everyone loves Zion, and he, everyone seems to re- really enjoy him. Like LeBron, people want to play with LeBron. And, and maybe not to even that crazy of an extent, but people are going to want to play with Zion. So yeah. I think that's I think that's something that you gotta you gotta talk about. And and it's just yeah, a so moneymaker. Yeah, on one side note I did want to note when you guys now that's my first episode with you guys, that we should follow this show up with what they call the aging of the NBA. All all the guys who are thirty one and over who you probably don't even think are that old. But you know, like Fun Steph Curry is gonna be th- Derrick yeah, Rose is, is younger than Steph Curry. Who is? Derrick Rose is younger than Steph Curry. That's right. Yeah, Steph Curry is going to be 32. Yep. So, you know, uh, we should follow this up with uh, at least either something written or something yeah. uh, cast about. All right. Uh, yeah. So, what are your if, number one? If I was picking a player to start a franchise with, I am choosing Jason Tatum. If I could pick any player, I think he is. I mean, Matt brought him up earlier. I didn't tell Matt he was my number one, but Matt brought up Jason Tatum's ability. And we saw his rookie year being able to go toe to toe with LeBron James in the, I believe, it was the Eastern Conference Finals on the Boston Celtics. I think it was in game, it might have been game seven. And it was something, or game six, it was an elimination game. And it was something where it was like, okay. This guy, this guy's going to be good. I, I really compare him to a young Paul George in that aspect of being able to go toe-to-toe with LeBron James because nobody's done it. There's only two young guys to ever go toe-to-toe with LeBron James in the playoffs. Paul George and Jason Tatum. And Paul George, Paul George was going to be the next great superstar. And what happened? He had a horrific knee injury. A horrific knee injury. And he's still... Probably top fifteen, top twenty player in the NBA. I mean, like he's, he's still win a great. Championship this year. Yeah, he has a very high probability of winning a championship this year, and it's like 
And that's after an injury. And we saw it because nobody does it. Nobody goes toe-to-toe with LeBron unless they're already... Like, obviously, we've seen Kawhi do it. We've seen Kevin Durant do it in their prime. In their prime. The current mega superstars of the NBA. But historically, LeBron James doesn't lose to young guys or doesn't get tempted by the young guys. And Jason Tatum tempted LeBron James. He put LeBron James on his toes. He couldn't just go flat-footed through those Celtics. And that's something that I look at. Because he he wasn't like the rookie of the year, his rookie year, or any means. But he was somebody where it was like, he's a, he's a scorer. And when he played with Kyrie, that hurt his statistics. I mean, I, th- I think overall Kyrie hurt the Celtics. Whatever. But this year, I mean, he's, he's pretty much a 40% three-point shooter, which is very good. He's a great scorer. A very solid defender. Very young. I loved the memes. When it was, he's only 19. Then it was, he's only 20. Then it was, he's only 21. Now it's, he's only 22. I mean, he's just a, he's a, he's going to be a bona fide superstar. In my opinion. I, think, I, I don't think he has the highest that. potential. But with what we know right now and his, and his improvement rate that he has made, I see him as the best choice to start a he's, franchise He's with. the safest, too. Yes, I agree. Well, he's already running that franchise, so, and he mm-hmm. takes to it kindly. One thing I would not smoke too much Tatum. Um, you never know. Uh, you'll see. Like he, see, I think that he has Jalen Brown, um, really making him better, and of course, uh, getting rid of Al Horford. I mean, I'm a big Celtics fan, so you can you can uh, hit me on that. But um, we all have our teams we're fans of. But I think that um, getting rid of Kyrie, getting rid of Al Horford. Um, bringing in, um, I mean, keeping Marcus Smart, which is maybe they can't do that in the future. That team, you know, uh, the, the, Paul Pierce, the truth, said that's the best starting five that's going to come back in the NBA. Um, I don't know. He's a he's a hometown guy. But I kind of think that that, that that team with, with, J, with Jason Tatum leading it is pretty scary. And, uh, you know, they're young. They got a lot of energy. And he, 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 as we were talking about at the top of the, the cast, um, of all the people we've talked about, I think that right now Tatum's game has all the pieces you're talking about. Uh, again, m- maybe at his ceiling, may not get any higher, may never be, fi- never get to a finals, may never win a championship. But Boston is a place that uh, can coddle and sort of mold a guy like that into something pretty special. That's I just true. want to say something real quick. You talked about Paul Pierce. Um, now I'm getting afraid for the Celtics. Paul Pierce complimented yeah. somebody. Paul Pierce is not somebody you want to trust in terms of That's right. <laughs> basketball opinion. He um, does everything but, wrong. But, I mean, I agree with that. I mean, they've got a great system right now in the Celtics. Hey, guys, thanks for letting me join. Um, uh, I'm going to let you finish this one on your own. I don't know if you'll cut this out later. But uh, somewhere in there, just uh, I'll, I'll be back the next time. We're going to uh, join the Worst Take Network. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, finish up strong, and thanks a lot. All righty, that was fun. I want to thank Drake for coming on again, and he hinted at it that he's going to be joining the Worst Take Network in terms of a podcast he's going to be doing with a partner, but don't want to get too much into it. Go follow his Twitter at Talk Trashed, not Trash Talked, at Talk Trashed, and then... He will eventually kind of announce and he'll get into what his podcast will be all about. But once again, thank you, Drake, for coming on to the show. 
And if you're a first-time listener of the Worst Take Podcast, I just want to remind you, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a review or follow, subscribe, whatever platform you're on. Do whatever it is they do. We like to hear feedback. Follow us on Twitter at the Worst Take Net. And we actually got somebody on our Instagram that's going to be running that kind of full-time, like much more consistently. We're going to be very consistent on our Instagram from now on. And it's got some good stuff. So follow that at the Worst Take Network. But that's it for today's episode. We're going to see you all again on Tuesday. But thanks again for listening. And we'll see you all again next time.